Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. We come today to the session on prayer that has to do with the prayer that heals us on the inside. Jesus is a healer. He heals on the outside and he heals on the inside. Luke chapter 4, beginning with verse 16. So he came to Nazareth, he, Jesus, where he'd been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me, he has supernaturally empowered me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. The word there for brokenhearted means crushed, fragmented to proclaim liberty, freedom to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the favorable, acceptable year of the Lord. Spirit of the Lord is upon Jesus because He's anointed to preach the gospel to the poor and to Heal the brokenhearted, yes or no? Does Jesus still have the anointing to heal the brokenhearted? He is the same yesterday, today, and forever, so He is still anointed to heal the brokenhearted. Amen? He's still anointed to proclaim liberty to where we're in bondage, in, in, captive, in captivity, yes or no? And I, I like this, the, the Lord Jesus is anointed to give recovery of sight to the blind. Not just the physical blind, but to those of us who are spiritually blind. Do you know, this is encouraging to me, you know why? Because I know Jesus is anointed to help me see what really is the truth rather than the way it looks. Let me say that again. Jesus is in you by the Holy Spirit, and He is anointed, especially empowered, to show you the way it really is rather than the way it looks. The way it looks is deceptive. The way it feels can be based in a lie. But the anointed one, Jesus Christ is in you, and part of his anointing is to help you see the way it really is rather than the way it looks. If all you see is the way it looks, you will always be dealing with fruits. But if you will go to the anointed one and see the way it really is, you'll start dealing with the roots. Because if you don't deal with the roots, you're always going to have eventually the fruits reappear. The roots. 
So the anointing of Jesus is to give us recovery in our inner man to be able to see it the way it really is rather than the way it looks. And the way it really is is the way he says it is. The anointing, the anointing of Jesus to heal. You say, well, Pastor, I don't know why it is. I believe that Jesus is, is, is anointed to heal me, but I'm not so sure why it is that this season I'm going through is so painful and is just exhausting and is such a struggle. I want to remind you of something. You never grow without a struggle. You just don't make any progress without struggle because it is resistance, applied resistance that builds strength. If you don't get out of the bed in the morning and apply some resistance to that gravity that tries to keep you there, you're never going to get strong. You'll get weaker and weaker. But I want to show you and remind you of something there in 2 Corinthians where the apostle said that He had an issue and he asked the Lord over and over and over again. He asked the Lord to take it away from him, to fix it. The Lord said to him, 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9, a passage you know, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Our weakness is is the platform that grace has the greatest opportunity to prevail. You'll never know grace unless that grace is applied to a place of weakness. You wouldn't even need grace unless you had a place of weakness. So what do you do with that? Paul says, therefore I take pleasures in infirmities and reproaches in needs and persecutions in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I'm really strong. Why is that? Because his power is made perfect in my weakness. Can I tell you something that's not a popular message today? All of us are weak somewhere. If you think you don't have any weaknesses, you are sadly deceived. Your pastor has them and so do you. All of us have places of weakness. But the beauty is our weakness is a platform for grace. What's God's grace? Are you listening? God's grace is that flow of favor and ability that comes out of the love of God. The grace of God flows out of the incredible, ongoing, relentless love of God. That unconditional flow out of God's heart that, is, that grace is that which tangibly shows itself as a tangible expression of the love of God. Grace, charis in the Greek, is God's favor. Can I ask you something? What, are you, what could you possibly go through that God's favor couldn't get you through? Well, people don't like me. Is that bigger than the favor of God? Well, the economy is not cooperating. Is that bigger than the supernatural favor of God? And by the way, there is 
financial grace just like there is saving grace. The grace of God is all-encompassing. He didn't leave anything out. The favor of God and grace also is referred to as the ability of God. What could you not do? What could you not do with the ability of God? For with God, nothing shall be impossible. You know what Scripture says? I can do how much? Through who? Through Christ who strengthens me. The favor and the ability of God. Listen, there's nothing that is troubling you today. There is nothing that looks irretrievably broken that the favor of God can't put back together. Grace. And it's our weakness, our own personal weakness, where grace has an opportunity to perform. I want you to turn back to the to Romans chapter 5 with me, I want to show you what has become one of mine and Dina's favorite passages. This, there was a message preached back in the 80s that Dina and I both heard at the same time that touched and changed our lives and touched and changed our ministry. And it's centered in one verse, Romans chapter 5 and verse 17. The discussion is about the comparison of the first Adam who introduced sin into the human race and the last Adam, the Lord Jesus, who took that sin away. Verse 17, for if by the one man's offense, Adam, death reigned through the one much more, listen to this, much more those who receive. How do you receive something? Do you earn it? Do you work it up? Do you make it happen? Do you fix it? Those who receive. By faith as an act of your will, by faith. Those who receive abundance. What's abundance? More than enough. Those who receive the abundance of grace. What's grace? God's favor and God's ability. Can I ask you something? How, how powerful is this? Those who receive more than enough of God's favor and God's ability will reign. What does reign mean? The opposite of staying a victim. Will reign, overcome, overcome, have authority in Life through who? Through the one, Jesus Christ, because he is the author of that overcoming grace. Can I ask you something? Have you received the supernatural favor and ability of God? Well, I did that when I was saved. That ain't going to help you when you got to get up and face the mess today. I mean, it's good that you're going to heaven, but you got to have grace for right now. Grace to deal with difficult people. Grace to deal with getting run over by a truck in your life, be it sickness or disease or divorce or, or business failure or whatever it is. Are you, do you get up every day and say, 
I will reign in life. I will win because I receive the abundance of God's grace. His favor and his ability are more than enough for me to reign in life. Can I tell you something? You are either reigning in life or life is reigning over you. It's either under your feet or life's got your, his foot on your neck. One of the two. Those who receive the abundance of grace will reign in life through the one Christ Jesus. And you know, until what part of the healing power of that truth when Dean and I stopped in all of our religious upbringing and in all of the, the guilt and condemnation and all the rules and regulations, when the Spirit of God breathed this into us, that in the eyes of our Father we were loved and treasured, that in the eyes of our Father we receive, look, we receive the abundance of grace and what's the next thing you've got to receive? The gift of righteousness. The gift of righteousness. <laughs> ah, the gift of righteousness. You know what that means, don't you, Cheryl? God has chosen to put you in right standing with Him. Not on the basis of your performance, but on the basis of Jesus' performance on your behalf. Because of Jesus' performance on your behalf, God has chosen to see you holy and righteous and blameless, more than a conqueror through him who loved you. God has chosen to see, give you the gift of right standing with the Father. You don't have to work yourself in to getting an audience with him. His eyes and his ears are open to you 24-7. Can I tell you something, and this is going to make some people nervous. Your father loves and treasures and listens to you just as much when you sinned yesterday as when you were acting righteous this morning. Because it's not about your performance. It's about how God has chosen to see you in Jesus Christ. Are you receiving the gift of righteousness? Are you receiving that gift? Thank you, O oh God, that you have put me in right standing. What a gift. You say, well, pastor, that means you can go out and do anything you want to, and God will Look, grace doesn't give you the right to do anything you feel like doing. Grace gives you the power to be what you ought to be. When we really get hold of it, God's grace, receiving the gift of righteousness. We begin to get healed on the inside. And what's time's left today, I'm going to lead you very deliberately and meticulously through a prayer for inner healing. And what you get out of it depends on how serious you are in approaching it, because let me tell you something. Every single one of us have had or do have right now inner pain. 
Every single one of us have had or do have inner pain that needs healing from the Lord. Now, before I lead you in this, I want to give you a warning. Okay? You don't hear me say things like this very often. Today's spiritual fathering time to my congregation. <clears throat> when we go to prayer, one of the ways the, the Lord Jesus, your healer, is going to help you today is by placing in your inner man a memory of a place where you experienced great pain. It's all right. It's all right. Don't ignore it. Don't try to suppress it. But I want to give you this caveat, this warning. If, if you have gone before the Lord in places of pain, if you have exposed them, and if you have received the healing mercy and grace and touch of the Lord, there's no use revisiting it. Here's why. Because it's nothing more than a memory. Well, how do I know if it's a memory or if it's something where I continue to have internal damage? Does it continue to cause you pain? Does it cause you stress? Does it cause you condemnation, shame, guilt, fear? If all of those things are still in operation, then you need that healing touch from Jesus. If all it is is a memory of a fact that happened and you were healed by the Lord, there's no use revisiting it. Just give thanks. So I'd like for you now to go into a time of prayer with me. And the first thing that I want you to do is I want you to recognize whose you are. Now, whether you sit, whether you stand, whether you walk, I want you to just come to a place to meet the Lord in your own inner man. And I want you to begin to admit to the Lord, Lord, I'm yours. You created me. You purchased me with your own blood. I'm your son. I'm your daughter. I belong to you in my spirit, my soul, my body. All that I am and all that I have, I am yours. Would you just recognize his ownership in your life right now? Now would you continue your prayer and say, Lord, I invite you right now into my places of pain. Those places in me, please reveal to me where I'm wounded, where I'm broken.
This may feel like just ongoing conditions like shame or fear or guilt or anger or rejection or hurt, abandonment. What the Lord may bring to your remembrance when you invite Him into this place of pain, He may remind you of events. Maybe it's when you got fired. Maybe it's when somebody divorced you. Maybe it's when one of your children or a spouse or a parent hurt you. Somebody left you. Maybe somebody told you you'd never succeed. Maybe you were told your life was over. Maybe that's the internal voice you hear. It'll never be okay anymore. Maybe over and over again what you hear is, you should have fixed it. Just ask the Lord to show you where you're broken or wounded. Maybe you were abused or assaulted. Now I want you to ask the Lord a very powerful and specific question. And I want you to right now just ask Jesus. You say, what do you mean, Pastor? Ask Jesus. He's praying for you right now. The Bible says that he ever lives to make intercession for you. We just discussed it a few minutes ago in our songs of worship that right now before the throne of grace, Jesus is at the throne of mercy and favor interceding for you. He says, come boldly there. Come boldly before the throne and ask him for mercy and grace. And would you ask him something very powerful right now? Would you ask the Lord Jesus to show you what lies, what lies you have agreed with? Oh, you're not, you're not gifted enough. You're not good looking enough. You're not talented enough. You're not gifted enough. You're not smart enough. You're too big, you're too small. You don't have what it takes to succeed. Life is over for you. Something's wrong with you, people have left you. Ask the Lord Jesus to show you what lies you've agreed to. Oh, I'll always be like this. I'll never get out of this.
Maybe the lie for you is you actually felt like he left you in your point of need. It felt that way, but it, is that the truth? He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Lord, what lies have I agreed to? Ask him to show you what the root is, not just the fruit, but what the root of it is. Now I'd like for you to take the next step and I'd like for you to say to the Lord, Father, in the name of Jesus, I hereby renounce the lies I've agreed with. The word renounce means to speak away. It means to legally speak off, to speak away. You're gonna, real, you're gonna take authority in the grace of God, in the standing of God, because of His favor and ability, because of the gift of righteousness, because of the voice of the Holy Spirit in you, you're going to say, Lord, I hereby renounce the lies that I've agreed with. It's not true that I'm alone. You've never forsaken me, nor left me. Even when I was assaulted and abused, you didn't give up on me and you were not ignoring me. You're telling a story that is going to bring glory to you. I have not messed up my life to the extent that the grace of God can't restore me and continue to tell his story that brings him glory. What lies do you need to renounce? I want you right now, I want you to pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, I hereby now renounce the lie that, whatever that lie is, renounce it in the name of Jesus. But don't stop there. Declare the truth. I declare the truth, Lord, your truth over me, according to your holy and mighty and true word. I am what? I am loved. I am accepted. I am righteous and holy in your eyes. I'm more than a conqueror through him who loved me. Your grace will restore my broken places. Your love is enough. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. I not only renounce the lies, I declare the truth. Oh, send light, Lord Jesus. Send light into those dark places of my soul and the souls of all of these, your children. Send light, Lord. Send light. Now would you invite the Lord? Would you request that He ministers to you by His Spirit out of His love and His wonderful grace?
Would you just listen to what the Lord would say to you? Words of truth. That he's never forsaken nor, nor left you. That he loves you as much in this moment as he loved before you went through the pain. Now you and I both know that a lot of that pain was inflicted through the agency of another person. One of the things that is essential to our healing is the willingness to forgive. Now listen, listen, listen now. Don't misunderstand what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is not saying, well, it's okay. Because it's not okay. Forgiveness is not saying, well, it was probably my fault anyway. Forgiveness is not saying, I'll just live as if it never happened. That is not forgiveness. Forgiveness is not saying, I just choose to forget it. No. You'll continue to live with it if you choose to go that route. You know what forgiveness is? Forgiveness is saying the cross is enough. The forgive, forgiveness is taking that person who has hurt and inflicted pain and failed you before the throne of Jesus in your own heart. Saying, Lord, I hereby declare that the cross and what you did at the cross is enough. It was enough to forgive me and it was enough to forgive them. And I declare that the cross of Jesus is enough. And don't stop there. Because the cross of Jesus is enough, Lord, I hereby release them into your hands for you to deal with them. I release them into your hands for you to deal with them. you just seek the presence of Jesus right there. He's praying for you right now. Ask the Holy Spirit to make manifest to you right now that your wonderful, loving high priest is smiling in love at you right now because of his grace. you to heal. You who are anointed to heal the brokenhearted, to give recovery of sight to the blind, we invite you now 
just healed. Somebody here today has been assaulted. The lie the devil would have you to believe is that it was your fault. That's a lie from hell. say, well, Pastor, what really haunts me is, why did this happen? Maybe, I, I don't know, but maybe you're asking the wrong question. Maybe the right question is, instead of why did this happen, maybe you should ask, what do I do? What story of grace will God tell through my pain? And Father, we yield ourselves to you. recovery of sight to the blind and the set captives free. We praise you, O oh God, that if we'll just receive the abundance of grace and the gift of right standing, the gift, if we'll receive and continue to receive, we will reign in life through the one Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. I pray your blessing over this, your flock, this faith family whom you love. Bless them, O oh God. Go before with them, behind them, and heal them up in their inner man. And use them as carriers of that healing. In the precious and holy name of Jesus. I look forward to seeing you next week. God, go with you. We'll see you then. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.